Hello and welcome, Repray Share family. Thank you for joining us for another podcast episode. Today's episode comes from a Bible study lesson led by Sean Pierce from the book of Isaiah, chapter 14, verses 11 through 15. We pray that it blesses you in totality. Enjoy. You'll bow your head and close your eyes. We'll, we'll pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we just thank you first and foremost for just being who you are, Lord God. We thank you for this opportunity. Lord God, we thank you for just being who you are, Lord God. We ask that today, the Holy Spirit, you open up our mind, our hearts to receive what's coming directly from your word. And I just pray that you just allow us to be able to understand it, to be able to take it and, and allow it to take root in our hearts, to be able to change our view of some things, to be able to help us to recognize some things, to be able to ultimately give you all the glory, honor, and praise, oh God. I just pray that you remove me and that you use me, and that anything that comes out of my mouth, that it glorifies your name, oh God. And I ask that, that after today, Lord God, that we continue to allow you to just uh, uh, transform our mind, transform our heart, and just continue to do a work in us. We ask you to forgive us of our sins, knowing and unknown, and continue to just allow us to be better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so again, uh, Jorian last week, he gave us a powerful message on unity, a really powerful message on unity. And he explained to us how important unity was in the body of Christ, which is us, but also he explained how important unity is to God. And he ended by telling us that it will be by God's love that uh, unity is brought to us, that we're able to experience unity through the Holy Spirit. And then on Thursday, Shay also came on live and gave us a powerful uh, little message um, about the one that causes division. She chimed the light directly on the devil. And so um, she told us about the works and the, the, the schemes and the trickery that he has been trying to do and he's been doing since the beginning. And, and we're going to talk about since the beginning and now uh, we're going to go beyond um, Adam and Eve a little bit. We're going to go beyond that. And so uh, on today, I want to dissect that and I want to expose the enemy in a way that we can truly uh, see what he desires. I want to be able to talk about what he truly desires. And I'll also show us in the in the Bible um, some of the things that he did to show us what he truly desires. And so I pray that we open up our hearts and our minds to receive uh, what God has placed in his word and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and show us also the parts of us that we need to recognize and, and we need to surrender to be transformed. And so we're going to be mostly in the book of Isaiah and the book of Ezekiel. Um, Isaiah chapter 14, verses 11 through 15, and also Ezekiel uh, chapter 28, verses 11 through 18. And so before I get into these scriptures, I want to point this out. Uh, to begin with. And so we're going to be looking at these two books, but these two books are going to prophesy to two different people, uh, but it's going to prophesy to them both, but it's not talking directly to them. It's talking to the spirit that's behind them or the spirit that's in them or the spirit that's been working in them. And we see this throughout the Bible a couple of different times of where um, somebody of God, somebody that God's using sometimes it was Jesus, also it was Peter, um, it was Paul sometimes to talk directly to somebody, but it wasn't talking to that person, it was talking to the spirit, uh, the spirit man that was behind or in that person. And so I want to give us an example to start off with before we dive into this text. Um, and we're going to look at uh, Acts chapter 16, and we're going to look at two verses, uh, 16 and 18. And so, um, I'm going to read them. It says, it says, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave possessed, a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit uh, 
uh, uh, divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. And so this, this, this slave girl had a, a demonic spirit in her that uh, men were using to gain profit, to gain profit on her to fortune tell, which we know that that, uh, uh, that the spirit, the Holy Spirit allows us to know things to come, allow us to know things in the future. But this uh, demonic spirit was not really doing a, uh, a fortune telling. He was just pointing out what was going on in the moment. And so it goes on and it says, this girl followed Paul in us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. Verse 18, it says, and this she did for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. And so Paul wasn't talking to the girl, he was talking to the spirit that was behind the actions that she was portraying or that was in her. And so that is what's going to be happening into the, in the two uh, chapters that we're going to be looking at today. And so uh, if you'll go with me to Isaiah chapter 14, and just for, um, just, just to let you know that today's message is going to be called the devil's desire. It's going to be called the devil's desire. And so Isaiah chapter 14, verse 11 through 15. And so the king of Babylon is who this is pointing at. But again, we're going to see in this passage that he's talking directly about Satan. And so verse 11, it says, "You pomp, your pomp is brought down to Sheol, Sheol meaning hell, um, and the sound of your string instruments. I want you to remember string instruments. And I'll come back to it. The, ma uh, the maggot is spread under you and the worms cover you. All right, then it goes, verse 12, it says, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations, for you have said in your heart. And so right here in this moment, God has given his word for them to tell Babylon, really, the, the king of Babylon, that is speaking to the, to, to, to the devil, to the, to, the, to the spirit that's behind him. And he says, this is what is in the devil's heart. This is what the devil desires. This is what the devil wants to do. He gives us five different ones. He says, I will, will meaning desire. He says, I will ascend into heaven. And I want you to look at some as we read this, that everything, each one of these five things is going to equate to him wanting something of high, something, something uh, above. He wants something to, 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 to make him be exalted. And so he says, I will ascend into heaven, ascend. I will exalt, exalt me up my throne above the stars, above the stars of God. He says, I will also sit on the mount, the mount meaning the highest point of the mountain of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And I, the last one, the last one just, it kind of makes me upset. He says, I will be like the most high. But this is the response to what God said. He says, yet you shall be brought down to shield hell to the lowest depths down of the pit. And so in this, in this text, and we're going to go to the next part of the text, but in this text that we can see directly that the devil is saying that what he desires, his desire is to be lifted up. His desire is to be worshiped. His desire is to be uh, uh, glorified. His desire is to be like who we worship. His desire is to be like the most high. 
Now go with me to uh, the book of Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel chapter 28, and we're going to look at verses 11 through 18. And so uh, this one is, 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 is labeled the king of Tyre, but we're going to see directly in this verse that it's talking to the spirit man that's behind, that's been working in the evil doings of the king of uh, Tyre. And so uh, verse 11, it says, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Watch verse 13. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Now, if we remember the story in Genesis of the Garden of Eden, there was only four people in the Garden of Eden. It was God, it was Adam, Eve, and the devil. And we know that because after uh, Adam and Eve uh, 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 sinned, they disobeyed God, they were removed from the garden. And when they were removed from the garden, God put two uh, uh, put two um, angels to, to 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 make sure that nobody else could come in. And so we know that the king of Tyre wasn't in Eden. We know that he couldn't get in Eden because the first four people that were there were God, Adam, Eve, and the devil. And so this is talking directly about the devil. He says, "You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty." He says, "You were in Eden, the garden of God." Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day that you were created. Now, remember in Isaiah 14, um, at the beginning, I told you to remember this, where he says the strings of instruments. Okay, and then he says right here, he says, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. I'm going to stop right here real quick. Oh, I'm going to read verse 14. He says, you were the anointed cherub who covers. What is that word cherub? It is, it means angels. It means an appointed angel. It says, uh, who covers, I established you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. Verse 15, let's read it. He says, you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with the with violence within you and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, for the mist of the fiery stone. And so we're going to see right here in this text that the devil's creation, he was created First and foremost, to be a, a, a angel, a part of the three angels, uh, uh, um, uh, Gabriel, Matthew, and, or, or Gabriel, yeah, Matthew, and um, Lucifer. They were created, the three angels. Gabriel gave the word of God. Uh, Matthew gave the, um, he was the prayer. He was the one that, he was the angel that prayed. And Lucifer was the one that was created to worship. He was the, the one that was created to, to bring worship through him to God. He was the worship leader in heaven before he was kicked out. And if you remember in Isaiah 14, it says that once he was kicked out, in his heart, 
the five things that he said he wanted to do was he wanted those, he wanted everybody to worship him. He says, I wanted to be like God. And so it clearly paints the picture that the devil's desire is for us to worship him. And so Jordan brought a message last week about unity, about us being unified with God. But the reason why we don't see much unity and the reason why that we see a lot of division is because the ruler, the power that works on the world is ruled by the one of division. He wants you to worship him. I want to prove to you one more time that he really wants you to worship him. Go to Matthew 14, I mean, Matthew 4, uh, where Jesus is in the wilderness. And we're going to go to verse... He says, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Not that you would just proclaim my name, but that you will fall down and worship me. I'm bringing this to us because I want us to realize that the devil's biggest desire is for us to worship him so that we are disobedient and pulled away from the life that God wants us to live. I want to prove it to us one more time in Genesis 2 at the beginning with Adam and Eve in the garden. Genesis 2 or Genesis 3, I'm sorry, Genesis 3 Let's go to uh, verses one. He says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord had God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the tree, the fruit from the trees of the garden, but of the trees of the garden, but of the tree of which is in the midst of the garden, God has says, you should not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. She knows what God said. What does the serpent say? You will not surely die. But God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. What did he say he wanted to be? Like God? And he tells them, you will be like God if you knowing good and evil, if you just do what I'm telling you to do, if you be disobedient, you'll be like God. Which he said that he wants us to do so that we worship him. I'm telling us this because I want us to realize that the reason why we have so much division is because the ruler of the world it's all about dividing so that if we divide from God, it'll worship him. If we do what the world says, we'll pull away from God and we'll worship him. If we don't obey the word of God and what he's told us to do, it'll pull away from God and it'll worship him. I want to go back to the book of Ezekiel chapter 28. 
Let's go back to it, verse um, verse 15. It says, you were perfect in the ways in the ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering shurim, shurim, from the midst of the fiery stones. He says, 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. Listen, and so how this happened was we already know that the devil was a worship leader in heaven. And what happened was as he was worshiping, his heart still had the fact that he wanted people to worship him. And so when it says, it talks about trading, it says by the, by the verse 16 says, by the abundance of your trading. When it talks about trading, that word in Hebrew means merchandise. And the word merchandise means it's, it will be like this. If, 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 if Jordan owned, a, if he owned, let's just say a mall, if he owned a mall, or if he owned a store, if he owned a store and I worked for him, and I was the one that took control of the money. I took control from everything. So if Rob came in and wanted to buy some from the store, Rob would come see me. I would give him the, 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 the product. He would give me the money. The money is supposed to go through me and get to Jordan because he owns it. But what the devil did was, instead of the worship going through him to God, the worship came and he took. He took, he traded, he took the merchandise so that he could receive the worship and took from God what he owned. And the same thing that he did in heaven that made him get cast down to the earth that Jesus said was like a lightning is the same thing that he's doing today. He's trying to make sure that you in every aspect of your life, when you get in the moment where you're depressed, he, he wants to make sure you go to what's going to make you more depressed and turn suicidal instead of going to God that can get you out of that depressing moment, that can get you some peace and some joy. He wants you to go into the job and he wants you to feel like you're better than them, that you don't deserve to be there so that he can make sure that you do something in that job so that God won't get the glory out of it. He wants to make sure that we're always divided from what God wants us to do. And so I have a question for us real quick. And this question, and this is really a, a fast Bible study, this question is going to make us think. It's going to make us think. It's going to make us evaluate ourselves. And the question is simply this. In what way evaluating your life? In what way evaluating your life? In what way are you allowing the devil to divide you from glorifying and giving glory and worshiping God, in what way? I've had to identify ways in my life that I've allowed the devil. I've allowed him to tempt me to go and continue to do something to get the glory and the worship from God. I truly believe that's why God says in his word that anything you do, do it for the means of worshiping and glorifying me, not of man. Because he knows if we do it for man, we do it for an imperfect person. It's always going to end up being not as good as it would be if we glorified him, if we did it for him. And so it gives area, it gives room for something to happen to take the glory out of his hands 
and for our flesh to get attacked and the devil to tempt us to take us away from glorifying God. So in what way? You have to identify in what way is the devil truly trying to cause division? That he's planting seeds to make you get away from worshiping God and worshiping him. In what way? Because it's so easy. He's a, he's a trickster. He wants to make sure that any little area, it says he prowls around. He wants to make sure, he wants to sift you like wheat to see where in his life is he bothered? Where in his life has he not given that stuff to God? What in his life is he trying to handle by himself? What in his life is he trying to go and handle and do on his own? What decision is he trying to make without going to God about it? What? Which one is it? In what area is he depressed? In what area is he stressed out about? Because it's in that area, if we don't give it to God, that the devil says, I can tempt him in that. I can, I can get him. I can divide him even more. So in what area in your life have you allowed or gave room to be tempted, to be taken away from giving God that glory, from giving God that opportunity to do some work in your life? In what way? Because it's in that way that will continue to separate you. It's in those conversations that even I've had where it doesn't even seem like it's no division, but you didn't say a little bit, you didn't say a little bit too much. And now somebody else's mind is thinking horribly about somebody. And now they've went and shared that information. And now it's some division that really didn't have to be caused if you would have just not said too much. You wouldn't have went on with talking about somebody. What, it, what situation in your life are you allowing division to come and giving the devil an opportunity? Because that's all it is. It's just a suggestion that he gives us to say, no, nah, you can take that a little further. No, nah, he, he did you wrong, so you go talk about it. They don't really love you at that job. Don't go in there happy. What you going to go in there happy for? Don't talk to nobody. Forget them. It's in those situations that he takes and allows it to make us be even divided. He gives, it gives him that room. It gives him that room to seep in, to put some suggestions, plant some seeds, to take us away from making sure that all that we do that it glorifies God. And so I encourage us all that we take a look because we know that he is only here. He, he was created to worship God. And because of who he was, because of his heart, and because he desired for people to worship him, he's still today desiring each and every day to be able to sift one of us to be able to sift somebody, especially if you are in the kingdom, especially if you are living for God. He doesn't have to sift somebody that does, that's not living for Christ. They're gonna do what he, they're gonna do what the world says anyway, what he controls, he, 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 what he's dominion over. He doesn't matter, it doesn't matter for him to sift somebody that's not of God, that's not trying to live for God. But the ones that are chasing after Christ, the ones that are living for God, I gotta sift you. Because I want to find an opportunity to get you back over here. I want to find an opportunity to make sure that you don't have to, that you're not living for Christ, that you're not seeking the abundance that God has for you. I don't need you having that. 
Because I know if you get it, it's contagious. Some people around you don't get it. So no, no, no. I need to sift you. And I'm only bringing this because I don't want us to be sifted. We've been sifted long enough. I don't want us to be sifted anymore. I want us to be able to recognize that if it's not good, if it's not pleasing, if it's not, it's not coming from God. So we need to be able to look at that and say, well, listen, bro, I don't, I don't really want to have them conversations, you know, because it just ain't going to get us nowhere in life. We need to talk about something else. Or I, I got to go on the job and just be who God created me to be because I know that I'm here for a reason. And I know that he's going to bring something good out of this day. I know he's going to bring something good. When a girl calls you, well, listen, I don't really want to talk about nobody else. Like, if it's about you, let's talk about you. But anybody else, I really don't want to talk about that. I know that's going to open the door for some division somewhere. I don't know where it's going to come. It may not even happen for a couple months down, but I don't even want to open that door. Or I'm depressed. Or I know I'm in a situation where I feel depressed. I can't go listen to that music. He was a worship leader, right? I can't go listen to that depressed music because it's not going to lead me to God. It's going to lead me to be more depressed. It's going to lead me to be suicidal. So I can't really listen to that. We have to really take a look. Because it's in those little moments that we don't even think that anything's going to happen. We good. That he starts to sift. He starts to proud. He starts to look for an opportunity to suggest you to not take it to God, but take it to them. Take it to the club. Take it to the bottle. Take it to the weed. Take it to, take all that to them. Don't take it to God. It'll get fixed. Don't take it to him. So I just encourage us that we take a look at this, that we take a look at knowing, knowing who he is, knowing that he is the author of confusion, deception, division. He wants to divide. And that we don't give any opportunity. We take the opportunity away to allow him to do so. And we give the opportunity to God by worshiping him so that he can fix those situations that we find ourselves in. He can encourage us and, and give us the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us out of those situations. And so that's my message for today. And I'm going to turn it back over to Jory. Thank you for that word, brother. Thank you all again for tuning in. Make sure you share it with a friend, a family member, or just simply replay it if you'd like. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Read, Pray, Share. And until next time, continue to do like we always say, and that's Read, Pray, Share. Be blessed, you guys.